I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for TGIF September 23rd, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, we've got a, a really big fact of the day for you, Jay. It's, a, it's at least a big number. So there's 20 quadrillion. That's a conservative estimate of the number of ants on Earth for new scientific research. Their combined biomass is more than all of the wild birds and mammals on Earth. Are you scared of ants, Jay? I am not, but somehow that not, number doesn't... a lot of them. That number doesn't surprise me. Have you ever dropped, like, I don't know, like a soda pop on the ground during a picnic? They are a lot of them. And they move quickly and they move in mass. But that number seems huge and incomprehensible. But their biomass, that seems like a lot. It's, it's a lot. And let me give you another fun fact, Jay. So the country of Australia, one time they had they realized they had too many emus and they had to get rid of emus. And so they declared war on the emu to bring that population down. And so my question to all the peak pals, and, and we don't need an answer, Jay. I don't want to put you in a controversial spot, but do we need to declare war against ants? We would not win that war. That's a war that's wow. unwinnable. I would just say they're probably pretty adaptable. If they got to the number of about 20 quadrillion, they're going to outnumber and outlive us no matter what we do. So let's just learn to live with them, Brett. I, I couldn't agree more, Jay. And look, Jay, we've got another great three stories here, not for ants, but for humans. For our first story, there's a new airline. For our second story, no more otter boxes in Quebec. And for our last story, South Korea wants to do business with us. For our first story, just in time for fall, a new airline has entered Canada's skies to challenge the Air Canada slash WestJet duopoly. Brett, I love the smell of a new airline in the morning. Where are we going to fly? Calgary, James. The land of milk and honey, Calgary, Alberta. Canada Jetlines flew its inaugural flight yesterday carrying passengers from Toronto Pearson to Calgary International Airport. It currently only has one plane flying a single route, but plans to grow its fleet to 15 by 2025 and expand services domestically as well as to the Caribbean and the Americas. Now, Jetlines is looking to stand out by offering cheaper flights than the big airlines, but offering more frills like better flight times and more legroom that other budget airlines don't offer. And here's why Jetlines thinks we need a new airline. In the wake of the pandemic, budget challengers like Flair and Lynx made a big push and have already helped drive down domestic prices of major carriers. Now, as of writing, you can get a ticket from Toronto to Calgary on a Saturday in October from Air Canada for $155, which is barely pricier than what the budget airlines are offering. But for market competition to continue, competing airlines need to survive and upstart airlines have a nasty habit I don't want to use the term crashing and burning, but really crashing and burning, especially the budget ones. Yeah, we've seen this play out time and time again, Jay. So if you buy tickets for these airlines, just know have some buyers beware there. For example, Flair Airlines was on the brink of being grounded for good before it got a major cash injection from an American investor to which, by the way, it still owes money. And we talked about that on the podcast, I think, two or three times. Now, the COO of Jetlines has been critical of the ability of its competitors' business models, telling the Canadian press its bargain prices, well, they just don't work and aren't sustainable. I guess we'll find out. And here's why this all matters. So Canada Jetlines adds another competitor that could, by positioning itself as a mid-tier carrier, have a better shot of surviving and help keep airfare prices competitive, which is, I think, something that we can all get behind. For our second story, the unexpected casualty of Quebec's new language laws. That's independence for the French language province. No, it's not. It's otter boxes. It's tough news for Quebec cell phone users that are prone to dropping their phones. I, I am not that. I'm pretty good about my phone. I keep, I take good care of it. But Jay, what's happening here? 
Well, so the Colorado-based phone case company, Otterbox, of which I am pointing to right now, yeah, no free plugs. But it's popular with teenagers and construction workers alike thanks to its indestructible form. It's temporarily blocked direct-to-consumer shipments to Quebec as it works to comply with a new set of French language laws laid out in Bill 96. Now, the laws which came into effect in June, they opened the door for consumers to take legal action against companies that don't offer French options across all their touchpoints. The bill amended the Charter of French Language to make it crystal clear that the one and only official language in the province is French and affects every aspect of life in the province beyond business, including healthcare, education, and immigration. You know, Jay, we don't really offer a lot of touch points in French, so maybe we should be concerned. It, it matters because while this is great news for translators, complying with the laws just won't be possible or worth it for some companies. Other businesses, including national companies that already offer bilingual support, they might start taking their place. And smaller companies will struggle the most to meet the new requirements and could ultimately decide to pull out of the province entirely to avoid this legal action. Now, to zoom out, while Quebec-based companies are relatively ineffective, which is kind of the point of this, those from companies outside the province, including Otterbox and other U.S. companies, will now need, at a minimum, a French-language website and customer service agent to enter the market. It's going to be a lot of broken phones in Quebec. For our last story, Brett, forget maple syrup and Tim's franchises. The two Canadian exports everyone is clamoring for are critical minerals and natural gas. South Korea is the latest country to express interest. I don't know about in both, but certainly in the critical minerals and natural gas. Probably not Tim Hortons franchises, but maybe maple syrup. An sale to our South Korean friends. Here's what's driving the news. Yoon Suk-yeol became the first South Korean president in eight years to visit Canada, meeting with Justin Trudeau to discuss potential trade deals that would give South Korea a secure supply of critical minerals and liquefied natural gas, LNG. Just last month, the German delegation also paid a visit to Canada looking to make deals for critical minerals, and mission accomplished on that one, and liquid natural gas as well. And it matters because a strategic energy partnership with South Korea would boost Canada's GDP while also granting it influence in the increasingly important Indo-Pacific region. But this is all happening in the context of a great global unrest. South Korea wants to wean itself off of minerals from China and gas from Russia and turning to a trusted trade partner that has plenty of both us. Now, South Korea is home to two of the world's biggest automakers, Kia and Hyundai, which need a stable supply of critical minerals for the production of EVs. And South Korea is also in the top five for natural gas imports and is on the brink of an energy crisis due to soaring prices. But growing appetite for Canada to become a bigger energy supplier doesn't mean much if it can't meet demand. Currently, LNG and critical minerals are theoretical exports. I love theoretical exports, Brett. The West Coast LNG terminal that would supply South Korea won't be completed till at least 2025, and another proposed West Coast terminal is facing lots of regulatory hurdles. For critical minerals, Canada greatly lags behind its peers mining them, which with only one operating lithium mine in the country, which happens to be Chinese-owned, by the way. And here's the bottom line. For Canada to capitalize on these emerging opportunities, it's going to have to deliver on some really big expectations. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, by the time we come back next week, we will have celebrated the Jewish New Year. So Shana Tova to all that Shana celebrate. Tova. We'll connect with you next week. 